Hello, I'm Managing Editor Joe Abraham, and this is the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast, sponsored by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. Here's a look at some of the top stories from the past week. Despite the ushering in of a new year, the current COVID surge has continued, with some recent days having the highest amount of positive cases of the virus this county has seen since the pandemic began. As of yesterday, Sullivan County had over 2,000 positive cases. Public Health Director Nancy McGraw recently said, quote, As I've been saying since the pandemic began, staying safe from COVID starts with each of us taking personal responsibility. That's become even more important now as this new wave has stretched government and healthcare resources to their limits. For example, the dramatic and ongoing spike in coronavirus transmission has overwhelmed the state's contact tracing system meaning that it could be days before those exposed to someone with COVID-19 get a follow-up notification. Over at Garnet Health Medical Center Catskills, the Democrat checked in with CEO Jonathan Schiller last week, who said the hospital is very busy. He said with the ER, they are seeing significantly higher volumes of patients coming in, both for COVID testing as well as general medical illness. He said, quote, we are beginning to see influenza as well, which is adding to the volume of patients requiring medical care. Our inpatient units are surging and the ICU is full. Miller explained that ICU numbers can change in 20 minutes, but generally speaking, it's been a one-in, one-out type of thing as of late. He praised the hospital staff, saying they've been doing fantastic work. However, the surge has caused them to make temporary adjustments. For example, beginning this past Monday, the hospital paused elective surgeries for three weeks. Also, they paused admissions into the swing bed program at Grover Herman Hospital in Calicoon. But other than that, the ER in Calicoon remains open. Schiller said, quote, we're just seeing high numbers of COVID right now. We're hopeful that the trajectory of this rave follows that in Europe and South Africa, where there is a spike and then a quick decrease. McGraw noted that the concerning surge of cases will likely not improve until well after the holidays, saying, quote, we ask everyone to use patience and educate yourself about staying safe and well. Each of us can take steps to protect ourselves and our families from COVID, just like with any virus or illness. And the more we take these steps together as a community, the better our outcomes will be. Over in the village of Liberty, a new year means a new mayor. At the stroke of midnight on January 1st, Ron Stabick took off one hat and put another on. Having been elected Town of Liberty Justice in November and beginning his term in the new year, Stabick effectively resigned his position as Village of Liberty Mayor, a role he has been in for the past seven years and was a village trustee for two years before that. Taking his place is Deputy Mayor Joan Stoddard. She will serve the remainder of his term, which ends in April 2023. Stoddard, a Democrat, has served on and off as a village trustee since the mid-90s. She said she looks forward to continuing to move the village forward. We're going to miss Ron, she said. He's been a really good mayor and with building up our fund balance. We're going to continue to be fiscally responsible and work with our departments to do well for the village. With Stoddard becoming mayor, there's a vacancy on the village board, as an appointment has yet to be made. Stabick, who ran the Democratic and Conservative Party lines in November, fills one of two town justice positions in Liberty, with Troy Johnstone, who ran on the Republican and Conservative lines, also being elected to fill the other vacancy. Stabick noted that he looks forward to continuing in public service and is grateful to the community for the opportunity to do so. He praised Stoddard as well as the current village board. This is a very good board, he said. Democrats, Republicans, there's no agenda. They do what's best for the community, and Joan will compliment that as mayor. Over to the town of Fallsburg, one of the last major decisions their town board made in 2021 was allowing cannabis dispensaries and consumption sites within the town. After recreational cannabis became legal in New York State in April of 2021, towns and villages had until last Friday, December 31st, to choose whether or not they wanted to opt out of having cannabis businesses in the town. 
Last week, while voting on a law that would see the town opt out, Fallsburg Supervisor Steve Iglianti and Council Members Nathan Steingart and Rebecca Pratt voted no, while Council Members Joe Levner and Michael Weiner voted yes. Therefore, the law failed to pass and they automatically opted in. Viglianti, who voted no to opting out, said before casting his vote that he traveled to Massachusetts, a state where recreational cannabis has been legal for the past five years, and he was impressed by the cannabis stores he visited in a fact-finding trip. He said, quote, I'm pretty blown away by the professionalism, the level of security and oversight. Moreover, Viglianti has said the town should not pass on any positive economic development that cannabis businesses could bring to the town. You can see more about Fallsburg's decision on cannabis on our website, scdemocratonline.com. But if you look at today's front page, you'll find an article about the town of Fallsburg's 2022 reorganizational meeting, as the recent election has brought forth many changes to the town board, including a new supervisor in Catherine Rappaport. There are also several appointments made. Switching over to county legislature, every two years, they reorganize. And as always, it was a big topic of discussion in the county. But when the dust settled, District 1 Legislator Rob Doherty and District 3 Legislator Michael Brooks, by 5-4 votes, were once again chosen by the majority of their peers to serve as chair and vice chair, respectively. The chairmanship came down to Doherty and District 7 Legislator Joe Perillo, who both received nominations at Tuesday's reorganizational meeting. The vote mirrored what the Democrat reported last month when polling six of the seven legislators who did not throw their hat in the ring for the chairmanship. Legislators Nadia Reich, Louis Alvarez, and Iris Steingart supported Perillo, while legislators George Conklin, Nicholas Salamone, and Michael Brooks voted in favor of Doherty. District 9 legislator Alan Sorensen did not return requests for comment during last month's Democrat poll. Doherty and Perillo supported themselves, as expected, so all eyes were on Sorensen as the wild card. With the chair vote going in reverse order, Sorensen, being the District 9 legislator, was up first, and he voted in favor of Doherty, providing the deciding vote ultimately needed for him to edge out Perillo and secure the chairmanship. Sorensen told the Democrat on Tuesday that he'd be the first to acknowledge that Doherty is, quote, a little rough around the edges, but he said he believes Doherty has made efforts to improve in that manner. Sorensen, who has been on the legislature longer than any of his peers, said there have been projects that he has brought to a number of different chairmen over the years that he believes have fallen on deaf ears. This has included the bridge over the Neversink River, and more recently wanting to pursue the idea of developing the cell tower at the Emerald Corporate Center in Rock Hill. Sorensen said, quote, When Rob became chairman, I presented these ideas back to him and explained the history. Not only did he respect what I was trying to accomplish, but he put in the time and did the outreach to make those two projects come to fruition. He clearly puts in the time and effort that's needed to be chairman. Because he's not a polished politician, he needs to kind of work on the diplomatic skill. But from my standpoint, there are things on the legislature I still want to get done, and you need someone who's willing to put in the time, effort, and focus to help you accomplish those things. Addressing fellow legislators after the vote, Doherty said, quote, I would like to thank my colleagues for reaffirming their confidence in my leadership and my vision for the county. Progress is a nice word, but change is a motivator, and I'm a catalyst for change. Change has its enemies. Judge me by my enemies. That does it for this episode of the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast, sponsored by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. If you head to newsstands and pick up today's paper, you'll also find articles recapping the recent town board meetings in Namikating and Liberty, and discussion by the public and legislators regarding a lease involving the Sullivan County International Airport in the town of Bethel. Until next time, stay safe, Happy New Year, and we'll catch up with you next week. Thank you.